0: Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demi straight girl, that's me, Kayla.
1: And one asexual man, Liam.
0: Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand.
2: On today's episode, accessibility. Sounds Sounds fake, but okay. okay. welcome
0: back to the pod oh um john malaney oh oh my god
2: i'm so sorry
0: we were just i'm gonna cut this out the part where we were talking about this but we were just talking about how my rhythm is thrown off when we have guests on and kayla said now i've thrown him off his rhythm john Mulaney was right there i'm an
2: embarrassment yeah i agree okay cool kayla what are we talking about this week Well, this week, we have a lovely guest on, who is Liam, uh, and we're going to be talking about Liam and a bunch of other things. So, hello, Liam. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. Welcome. Hello.
2: Do you want to uh, give a short little intro of who you are and what you do if anyone doesn't know who you are, which is rude, and they should?
1: I mean, that's totally fine if they don't. Um, I'm... I'm Liam, pronouns he, him. Uh, I'm a, uh, a, kind of, getting there, asexual activist, but predominantly a uh, a a freelance deaf journalist and campaigner, um, writing about all things accessibility, uh, accessibility, deafness, and asexuality.
2: Exciting. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about Liam, obviously, but then also talking about accessibility in the ASPEC community and just the world and deafness, and all of that. It all intersects, baby. <laughs> Intersectionality. That. Oh, that's a new song that I haven't heard before. Okay. Yeah, do you gotta do, like, well,
0: this dance that goes with it uh, too? On that note, let's just dive in. Um, I guess, Liam, when did you start Identifying as asexual, like, what was your journey with asexuality?
1: Oh wow, I like that. I've, I think I've, I've been asked this question a few times by different podcasts and people and whatnot. And I think the first time I've been called, it's been called as a journey, and now I just feel like, like, yeah. I feel a bit like Bilbo Baggins, just <laughs> kind of like
2: you just set out <laughs> on your trek
1: with a, like a leather jacket, going,
2: <laughs> going on an adventure.
1: Except it's probably not that exciting. Uh, <laughs>
2: um so
1: like for the longest time um because I was thinking about this the other day but like for the longest time I um i had kind of I kind of so I, I'm also dyspraxic I should say as well as being deaf so that affects coordination but it can also affect like social skills and so for the longest time in education in school there was this period where I was like okay, I don't understand, for example, what banter is. And it took me probably like two years after everyone else to fully understand what that meant. And I kind of felt like I had a bit of a delay in understanding all of the big social cues. Um, and that extended to things like kissing and romance and indeed sex. And I, I, I think there was it was quite an interesting progression because it went from from kissing to going, oh, right, I don't understand why people do that. It sounds a bit gross, but now I'm open to it. I'm in a relationship and <laughs> it's fine. Um, but then this whole idea of sex, it was, okay, I I can understand why someone would want to do that for like you know reproductive purposes like you know that is a thing that people do fine I can understand why someone might want to do it for pleasure but for me I can never envisage myself in that position and in, in fact I'm ai think I don't know if sexual post is still a word that the community uses but it was just that idea of I can't put myself in that position and I would feel uncomfortable if I was put in that position.
0: Sex averse I think is what people say yeah, a lot these days.
1: Yeah yeah that's that's right and um and I so so there was always that kind of feeling, but I don't think I fully put the label asexual or kind of really consolidated it until like a few years later. Um, well, I had a few friends from the community, Emmy um, Salida, um, who's great, a UK asexuality activist. Um, I'm good friends with her, and she kind of introduced me to that concept. And it was it was in um, it was London Pride. It was Pride in London in 2019. That I was invited to march with uh, a UK based charity, which was then called um, Action on Hearing Loss. It's now known as the uh, RNID, Royal National, Associ- uh, Royal National Institute um, for Deaf People. And they invited me along. And at that point uh, I was thinking, oh, right, okay. I don't know if I'm just an ally here or whether I am someone that's on that, spe- or, um, on that in that community. And so there was a moment where I was just holding this giant banner walking through London Pride, going, "Oh God, I'm a straight white man." I <laughs> straight like cis man holding a giant banner with several other people that are part of this community, and I'm not. I feel terrible, um, except there was, there, you know, there was a point, and I always say about this, there was a point where I was marching down and there was probably a few people on the right, uh, I think a couple of girls, holding and waving an ace flag, looking really happy and enjoying the time, which is always nice to see. And I think there were there were moments throughout the day where I was kind of just thinking and questioning my sexuality a whole lot more. Um, and this, this will. Everyone has such like a fun coming out story, like you know, telling their parents or anything like that. I came out in a five guys. I don't know if we worry about product placement I here, love that. but okay. But I came out in a I five love guys.
2: I so much.
1: Yes, yeah, so we finished with the march. <laughs> I and love that. I gathered, I gathered around with some friends and I was like, right, okay, I've done with the march. We've had some, a fun time seeing all of the events and stuff. We were gathering up, getting food, just chill, just chilling after a very busy day, marching and everything. Um, and I just sat there and I was like, right, so it's either that I am, so, so I don't immediately experience sexual attraction. So therefore I'm either demisexual because I would need to have that uh, deep emotional bond or I am completely asexual in the sense that I will just never experience that regardless. Um, And sorry, completely asexual, like demisexual is half asexual or like 35% asexual. (laughs) No, that's not what I mean. Um, But, um, you know, I I think there was that, there was that understanding. And I kind of just said, well, wherever that, that, where on that scale I may be, or in that community I may be, that means I'm asexual. So I just said, yeah, I'm asexual. And, since then, so what, we're, we're now 2021 20, and I feel like I'm in a relationship with someone who's also asexual and um, I just kind of felt more comfortable with asexual because I'm with them now and we have an incredibly strong bond but yet there's no, there's no feeling now of having a, any sexual attraction god that sounds like a long journey i feel i feel like that's that's longer than lord of the rings isn't it right there
0: (laughs) it sounds like a whirlwind day to me is what that sounds like the fact that it was like oh yeah
1: it it was i was just kind of you know just just coming out over burgers i mean like that's the dream isn't it really just like getting a kind of seven up and vibing
0: (laughs) yeah questioning
2: and then coming out over some burgers all in one day it just feels like very cinematic to me of like picturing you like walking in this like pride parade and like seeing the ace flag around then being like oh is that me it just feels like i don't know it just like not that like
1: it was this like one image that i think has now just been kind of ingrained in my mind and there was two so there was that and then there was also um because we were we were obviously marching as deaf people and like allies to the, to that community, um, we were going kind of we were kind of signing the words like "Happy Pride." And obviously, this is an audio podcast, so for those that uh, can't see us right now, "Happy Pride" is essentially clapping your hands together and kind of doing thumbs up, but stroking it against your chest. Um, and um, yeah, that's that's Happy Pride. I, I I try not to teach because I'm I'm in no way an expert in sign language, but um the um that's, so we're going around doing that and kind of teaching teaching people in the crowd how to sign that, you know, and there's happy Pride. And just seeing everyone just kind of engage with that community was really nice to see. Um, and it's also really nice to see disability represented at these sort of events, because most of the time, these Pride events are not the, not the most accessible to deaf people, to disabled people more widely. So that was, that was, yeah, that's a moment that's also really kind of ingrained in my mind and my memory.
0: It's, yeah, it's exciting that you were, like, invited independently of you realising that you were asexual. Yeah, yeah. No, they, and they were just like, like oh. you're,
1: good. you're a good deaf activist. Would you like to come along? And I was like, well, thank you. I'm flattered. Um, I I will certainly yeah. come along as an ally. And that was fine, except I was just, I was just there was, like I said, there was a point where I was just holding up the banner and I felt like I should not be this prominent. Just leave me at the back. Just hide me away in the Oh, no, and
2: I'll just be like, go <laughs> to the community. No. I feel like that's such a common thing for queer people, though, to just be like, no, I'm just like a really good ally. Like, no, I'm not that. I just like really support my friends who are ace. Like, that's why, why when we started the podcast, I was identifying as straight and was like, no, I'm just like really interested in this topic and I'm gonna do a podcast about it. And then it was like, bitch, no no the podcast was your idea (laughs) yeah i know how embarrassing for me to think i'm straight that's so embarrassing of me
1: (laughs) just being embarrassed by your straightness yeah
2: (laughs) i mean it being straight is embarrassing as someone who's still heteroromantic i'm embarrassed but anyway (laughs) i sometimes you know
1: like you see so many things where it's just like i have to do so in my journalism work, we often have to do um, like news stories about like um, I don't know, like for example, there was an there was a, an article I had to write. I, I write for the the Independent here in the UK, which is like one of the main mainstream media outlets, um, and i have like a section which is kind of like Buzzfeed, um, which is like the Indie One Hundred, um, and I had to do a story the other day where it was like. This TikTok is going viral for showing a scene in Sh- in Shrek that's not safe for work. <laughs> I was just here, like the, the aloes, man, the aloe sexuals are-, are just wild. Or well, the straights are at it again, you know, it was just like that sort of
2: thing. They really yeah. are.
1: Yeah, it was it was apparently a scene involving Lord Farquhar. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god! At the end of last year, we did an episode that was like. We talked about news stories of just, like, straight and aloe people being wild. And, like, we picked, like, the aloe of the year. And I feel like that Shrek person is a good contender for the aloe of 2021. We're going yeah, to have to revisit gotta that. that. we got to remember to go back to your, to your section when we're looking for 2021. See what you've written about for the year.
1: I'll be a broken man by December. I'll just be like, there's so many
2: So many
0: it's too many oh man that's true um i am gonna pivot here though and s- because i don't know how else to, t- to transition there's no segue um, from
2: shrek there really isn't
0: yeah no, a ride. Not. <laughs> um, after you came out in a five guys burgers and fries um what was your like Coming out experience to the rest of the world, to like the people who were not sitting there in that five guys with you.
1: <laughs> right, um, I haven't talked about this much because I, I, um, I realised it wasn't it wasn't the best. But I, me being me, I decided that. Well, I put a photo up on Instagram later that day, and it and that in that sense. And I think when my when my mom, because I live with my parents. Um, picked me up from the train station I was like yeah mum I think I'm I think I'm uh i asexual and she was like yeah that's fine um yeah <laughs> the, like the, the, the understanding from the parents has, has been has been fine like I think there was that mm-hmm. kind of typical response amongst family where it was like oh but are you sure you found the right person yet and I, that made me roll my eyes as far back into my sockets as I could go <laughs> um but mm-hmm. um but no otherwise they've been they've been understanding but in terms of the wider, like shouting from the rooftops, I in a video that has since been taken down because I just felt like it was it just wasn't a good. Um, I think it got a bit of backlash, and I was like, okay, fine, I'll take it down. Um, not because it was controversial or anything. I think it's just because it was, uh, it was just, right. It was a rap video, okay. It was a rap video, and I think a few people were saying it was it wasn't appropriate, and that's fine. But I did a, I did a, uh, it was great. It was. Um, uh, come, I think I called it like. What did I call it out? Coming out as asexual. Yeah, I think was that. Oh no, the asexual rap. I called it the asexual rap in brackets. <laughs> gone asexual. Um, it was like in like the brackets. It was perfect. I really enjoyed it. I think a few people didn't, and I decided to take it down. Um, but it was yeah. It was just me putting on a fancy suit, sunglasses, and just uh, doing. Um, just I think what was what was the first? Um, oh, oh yeah, I think the first line is. Um, it was like, ah, when I say asexual, forget your science class. Will me have intercourse? No, I think I'll pass. Want to call me or <laughs> celibate? But hey, while we're here, let me tell you why it's valid to be sexual and you call it. And then it was just like, it was it, it was it was it was a lot of fun to do. But I was just like. I, 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 I there are moments where i'm like can i should i re-release it like should i put it back up on my channel like people enjoyed it the majority enjoyed it um just a few people that didn't should i keep it back up and i've been toying with it but i'm like it's it's there if it's i feel like it's it's like a good resource now for me to just show people like when when my girlfriend and i were mm-hmm. um or my partner and i were, were um were were kind of talking in like the early days i was like did you did you did you know that I came out as asexual? Not only in the Five Guys, but then later in a in a uh, YouTube video where I put on a suit and glasses and proceeded to rap about my asexu- my, my asexuality. No, uh, was her response, and I showed her that, and thankfully we're still together. Um, but um, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> I mean, it's a um, good
2: way to break the ice, really. Well, yeah, that's that's kind
1: of the thing that you do, isn't it? It's not just uh, like hey so tell me what tell me what your plans are for the future or like what your biggest hobbies it's hey i released a video of me rapping in the (laughs) film and uh i had to stop filming at one point because this man with his dog would just like walk up to me in the tripod and say oh what are you filming and i had to pretend that i was filming a news report in my suit i was like oh yeah and i'm just (gasps) just, like filming like a news report or something and uh, then he went off away dog and then i just went back to doing my thing and hoping that no one noticed um, yeah <laughs> that's, that's 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 the wider so perfect the spot, which I have now taken down out of shame <laughs> that's
2: oh,
0: so funny man. don't let the people ruin your fun it I, sounds it was, delightful yeah it was just I think
1: at that point as well I was like pretty like sensitive to criticism I've got a little bit better at that mm-hmm. um but I think I just got like a few comments and I was like uh eh, it's 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 had its fun it was shared around people enjoyed it the people that needed to see it saw it it's had its day and that was kind of where it ended up
2: there <laughs> there so you mentioned when you were like marching in the pride parade that obviously like it meant a lot because like people with disabilities aren't often like featured in the queer community have you found that 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 kind of has continued to be the case and also has that like impacted how you interact with the asexual community in general, now that you're like fully out, part of the community, and everything—that's
1: a really good question. Um, I think first and foremost, um, just I'm going to be a pedant. We the, the the kind of common use is disabled people, not people with disabilities. But I'm okay. fine. You didn't know. know. That's fine. Um, but I think the other thing as well is, um, so I haven't really been to many ace events. Um, I think the only one i went to was was virtual this time last year um when avon uh asexuality visibility and education network um held their like i want to say it was the uk asexuality conference but i felt like people across Mm -hmm. the globe joined in um we were
2: yeah we were panelists so it definitely wasn't only uk yeah yeah
1: it's weird that they branded it as such but um no i was i was a host on that i i um it's quite offensive actually that I didn't think to just say hello then we could have met a whole lot sooner if I was just like That's hey so it's me I'm a thing um but um no so I held that panel and it was really interesting um kind of sorting out the asex- uh, the accessibility for that I know there was a few snags uh, understandable to an extent um around captions around the interpretation and all of that sort of stuff which was which was tricky um I think more widely, um, it's it's a little disheartening because it's it's almost like um, in addition. To, I think there's a, there's a talk about online about people coming out as disabled. I personally don't use that terminology. Um, I don't. I kind of distance myself from that. But I think there is that kind of sense whereby activists uh, or indeed asexual people in whatever context are having to. Come out as disabled, if you want to, if they want to use that term, or like explain their disability to these organisations to make um, make them to make the events accessible because they hadn't necessarily considered that to start with. It's it's a common thing that happens, you know, whereby. Um, people put in place a feature if you're talking about technology or putting in place a policy or whatever. And they then only realized that, Oh, accessibility should probably be something we consider until right at the very end. And then you have to kind of almost like retrospectively go back and make changes. So that's, that's one thing for sure. Um, I don't know what your initial question was, but there was something else I wanted to add to it. So, so the other thing as well then is, is that it's um, it has because, I think, I think what needs to be important here is that if we are as a community creating resources, they need to be accessible to deaf and disabled people. It's it's been quite disheartening that there's been like a lot of um, there's been activists in the community, there's been um, content in the community that's been released that hasn't come with image description for blind and partially sighted folks, uh, captions for deaf people like myself and it's just really it's just really disappointing because i have always said that you cannot be an, an advocate uh, for or an activist for the wider lgbtq plus community or indeed just a specific identity within that um if you're not including disabled queers or disabled um disabled aces disabled lgbtq plus people in your content that you're producing because you know you, you're suppo- if you want to be educated people which most activists want to be or um, you know they want to just kind of raise awareness you're not doing that as best as you can if you're not including disabled people in that content and so that's 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 been really disheartening to see and I've kind of had to really disengage from that content altogether because it's just not accessible to me which is really disheartening because you know I I kind of make it a, a practice on social media to only retweet share quote um, comment on content that is accessible or I will try and make it accessible myself and it's just it's just really really disheartening that that isn't really being considered uh, there's still a long way to go uh, within the LGBTQ community around access for disabled people in pride events whether that's online or in person and indeed in terms of the content and material that we're putting out there as well.
0: I feel like there's been a lot of discourse recently with everything that's been going on about how like, you know, your queer activism is not, you know, full queer activism if it's not including black folks or, you know, other BIPOC folks. And it's like, we need to be having that same discussion about like accessibility for like disabled people. And I feel like oftentimes that conversation is not being had. I, I recently followed, um, on Twitter, Amani Barbarin, who is a disabled black woman. And, like, seeing the way that she talks about, like, the intersection of all these things, I'm like, of, of course. Like, <laughs> it's all connected. We need to, you know, be be helpful to all of these different identities. And it's just, like, we can't pick and choose which ones we want to, you know, be more accessible to or to prioritize.
1: Great, And it's, it's, it's important that they... That disabled people um and again we talk about intersectionality which i feel like now we need to just insert kayla's little intersectionality jingle at every <laughs> possible opportunity intersectionality. But, um, I,
2: <laughs>
1: lovely um i feel like yeah but i feel like as well i was just as you were saying that i was just like well if if there's if there isn't that access then it makes it harder for um disabled lgbtq plus people or indeed if there is if those like identities and intersectionalities aren't considered, then they're not being brought to the fore, um, you know. And I think any moment where these intersectionalities happen, they they're often they're often one or two or three or multiple identities that are coming together, and each identity is a minority identity, which leads to you being uh, facing significant barriers compared to the majority. So, for example, hearing a deaf person. As opposed to hearing people disabled as opposed to non-disabled um black as opposed to white um and if you if you're combining all of those all of those together and you're not acknowledging all of those identities then those those barriers will just kind of they're not being addressed and they will kind of coalesce or come together in a way that makes it impossible for those activists and those voices to kind of penetrate into the wider conversation it starts to become clearly is at risk of becoming the same people speaking all the time and uh, the moment that you make it accessible and inclusive all of these different intersections uh in- intersectional identities and all these different uh ways in which asexuality can be explored then you you enrich the conversation you know it's it, it taps into that wider conversation um around kind of representation you hear a lot of people say oh well when asexuality is represented or when disability is represented, it's always through that one lens of, you know, insert stereotype here, you know, asexuals are always so like awkward or just, you know, all of these kind of really, you know, asphobic or really just prejudiced um, stereotypes that just kind of focus or hone in on one lived experience. The moment you open that up into all of these other lived experiences, then the representation that you see at events, at panels, at pride marches, at TV shows, and everything like that becomes a whole lot more representative of society as a whole. Um, you know, we don't want we don't want uh, the the typical um, ace activists or like the, the kind of some of the most prominent ace activists to just be you know kind of thinking very stereotypical here. I'm sure that's not the case, but like we don't want it to be white, straight, you know, um, right. Well, no, not straight. <laughs> I <was gonna> say, <laughs> but, in, but like, you know, white, non-disabled, um, all of these other, Cis. you know, s- typical like privileged positions, you know, we need to, we need to spice it up a little bit. And I realized I just said that I was like, is there a better way of putting it? And I just said, Nope, you've got to go with it. Spice things up a <laughs> little bit. But, yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. It's like, like a Nando. It's just like-
2: You're so right though. Because, I feel like something that I've thought about recently, especially as we get to, like, we're close to, like, 200 episodes now is, like, what do we keep talking about? Because it does feel like in the ace community, sometimes we do go in circles of, like, always talking about the same topics, always doing, like, asexuality 101, which, like, obviously has its place. We need to do some of that. But you're right. I mean, like, it's kind of like the same activists or people talking all the time, always talking about the same things and there isn't a lot of diversity there. I feel like most of the big names you think of are probably white or probably cis, you know, or probably non-disabled. And if that were op- able to be opened up, if there was more accessibility, if disabled people were able to have, you know, a say in the conversation, were able to like be put up on that pedestal, there'd be a lot more interesting conversations going on.
1: E- exactly. And I think I just, it was just the other day where I was talking about how um advocacy or like activism isn't just um like speaking up or like talking about your community that you're a part of and really and sharing your lived experiences it's also about knowing when to pass the mic it's about knowing right okay this is a conversation about um, a lived experience, or a, a uh, like an identity, or a certain circumstance which I am not a hundred percent experienced in. I can talk about it from maybe like a, a side angle, but it, you have to realize in certain instances that it's it's not your place sometimes, and it's much more uh, the conversation that's being had or the opportunity that's comes up that comes up is enriched a whole lot more if you say like you know for example oh uh, my friend charlotte is a lot more interested and uh, curious about um the idea of concentration fatigue and its impact on deaf people i could talk about it but i know that charlotte has been um my friend charlotte has been going on about it um quite regularly on social media you know you have to kind of you have to kind of think about who who knows their stuff as well. Because, so you know, if, if I go into an interview and I'm, and I'm thinking, oh gosh, I don't necessarily know the answers to X, Y, Z, if they ask it, that's probably a sign that you probably need to either bring someone else on board or give it to them entirely. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I know I think that's something that we're still trying to learn how to do is like understanding that like we are big enough to not have to take every opportunity
1: it's allyship isn't yeah. it that's just essentially what it is yeah.
2: yeah I know like Angela Chen comes to mind as someone who like I've seen her multiple times and she's done this for us like hey I had this person reach out to me for an interview but like I've gotten enough interviews recently I think you should do it and I've seen her do that so many times with like so many different people of like different backgrounds and everything and I feel like if we were all able to like do that like Angela did who, who was that? Angela Chen. She wrote the book
1: Ace. Oh, yeah, I, I, I've seen that book around, and I was I was literally just like I did. I was doing a book haul the other day, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bookmark that book and just look, come back to it later because I, 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 my 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 bookshelf at the moment is looking disappointingly non Ace, and I, it needs a bit of work. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the only thing that's on there currently is a crocheted otter that's got an Ace scarf
2: around oh, it it's, it's the so sweetest cute.
1: thing my my partner got it for me um but i'm just like i need more i need i need more i need to scream about my sexuality because there's not much in there i think i've got loveless by alice oseman and then i think that's it
0: mm. yeah it's it's a delightful thing to have that otter but it's not a book so you know you gotta you gotta expand into into more books <laughs>
2: I would be super interested to hear your thoughts if you ever do get around to reading ACE though, because there is a chapter where Angela uh, interviews like disabled ACE people kind of just like about the intersection um, and just talking about their like struggles, both with being ACE and being disabled. And it's super interesting. I'd love to hear your thoughts on well, it if you ever this, read it. But.
1: This is exactly it. And it's been great talking about this recently with different people that I've been interviewed by is that, there is this talk about how disabled people are viewed as inherently asexual, like just asexual yeah. by default. They can't have sexual experiences, which is just completely false. Um, and it's, 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 um, you know, I think there's there's been films recently that have tried to explore it and it's, it's terrible. I think one of them was uh, a film called Come As You Are, um, which was talking about like a group of disabled people, except a lot of them were, not disabled, which was just shocking. It, it got a load of backlash as a result, but it, it, it just it just paints this view, and it's ridiculous. It's either that like disabled people are it's 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 another one of those binaries. It's either that like you know disabled people are seen as superheroes or they're seen as like you know. Sc- benefits cheats or something like that you know it's it's Mm -hmm. it's that horrific binary in that respect but there's also that really terrible um like scale in relation to uh to sexuality as well it's either oh you're inherently sexual or we become fetishized it's like you know you hear stories about people in wheelchairs and um or like wheelchair users and all these other people that are just being like sexualized and fetishized because of their like disability um because of their disability and the the, the kind of uh, devices or uh, you know wheelchairs whatever that they use, and it's just you know it, there needs to be a, a middle ground of just accepting that these people can have relationships, or they may not be relationships, but it's 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 about it's it's about understanding that they can have sex, disabled people can have sex, and also understanding that yes, there are asexual dis- disabled people, but just not not kind of merging those two identities together, really understanding that they are two separate identities in their own right.
2: I remember in part of Angela's book, I can't remember if it was an interview or her just kind of like reacting to an interview, but she was talking about how historically like the asexual community and like the, I don't know if you'd call it like the disabled community, but disabled people haven't historically wanted to like interact because asexual people are like well everyone thinks that there's something wrong with us and that's why we're asexual and then disabled people are like everyone just assumes we're asexual and so people who are both kind of get shunned from both communities because they're seen as like playing into these like negative stereotypes that everyone is getting and i wonder if that's just like part of what is still going on of why the the asexual community continues to not be accessible because of that fear you know that's really
1: interesting i don't think it answers your question it's just something that came to mind as you asked it which was that um i think there was this as we had this discussion at the um asexuality conference last year when i held that panel um on asexuality and disability i think it was it was it was this discussion about how um, yeah, about how those those two identities compose problems when they're viewed together, not for our individual fault, just the way that society at large mm. operates. So for example, um, as a disabled asexual, there are instances where you can't access online and offline spaces and pride events. as a asexual disabled person, your sexuality, is um, is kind of often tied to your disability, so they often kind of work against each other in that respect, and it's really hard to uh, to uh, unpack that. Um, I think your your question around, um, I think you were saying about how the the kind of viewing viewing disability and asexuality as like like broken or feeling like there's it's it's incomplete. I mean. Yeah, I think there is, there is that kind of, um, there is that kind of sense of, uh, I don't want to say self-consciousness, because like, I don't think that extends to it. But so, like, for example, when I got told that I would need to wear hearing aids, I was incredibly self-conscious as it was, just with glasses and spots and just a hell of a lot of stuff on my face. Um, and I, I was just incredibly um, self-conscious. I've just had a haircut today, really nice and short, but it was before then it was like really big and bushy to hide my hearing aids because I was just so shocked about it. And I think that kind of, not sh- well, maybe it was shame or like this, this whole kind of like anxiety perhaps was the same that I felt for, at a point um, in relation to my asexuality. You know, there was, um, I was just talking about this the other day, about this whole concept of, and I could talk about it forever, so stop me, um, is like this whole idea of toxic masculinity and how um, asexuality is viewed within that lens. Like, in, as I went to university, there was just, there were there was days when my flatmates would just ask me, like, really weird sexual questions. Um, these flatmates turned out to be terrible human beings, but that's another story entirely. <laughs> um, but, like, they, um, you know, they there was still that kind of feeling of, okay, I'm not part of this wider majority. Something's not right here. And that's, that's obviously wrong, uh, that perception, but there's, yeah, you, when you put it like that, there's probably that crossover in that same feeling of feeling like something isn't right. And it takes a while to, to embrace that. And it's, I think when it does, it's a really kind of liberating feeling that you kind of realize that, um, it's not you that's broken, it's society that's broken. It's it's the attitudes, it's the, um, I can go off on many tangents here, but like, for example, in the disability community, there's the uh, concept of the social model of disability, which is that it is not your disability that is like at fault here or disabling you, it is actually society's attitudes and mindsets or infrastructure that's doing that. Like you're not, uh, the, the example that people give is like a wheelchair user is not disabled by there not being a ramp. That is society or the builders, in a sense, going, "Ah, oh, well, we don't need a ramp for wheelchair users to be able to access our building." Like there are instances like that, and I imagine, um, I, I imagine, you know, it's a similar sort of thing that you could probably extend out to the asexuality community um, in whether that's kind of like within the community. As, as, a, as, as a whole, the wider LGBTQ+ plus community, or indeed just society at large, that um, we have to realise that um, it's it's not us that is broken. It is the way that society has been brought up or been developed around this whole idea that sex is essential to our to our daily lives, which is just again, it's not. It's you know the the way the sexual identities. wide-ranging and wonderful and it's uh we still unfortunately need to kind of bring society into that mindset and understanding because unfortunately some people are still bigoted in that respect
0: yeah I feel like that that thought of it of like realizing like no this isn't my fault this isn't on me like that freeing thing is is so prevalent in like, the A-spec community, and we talk about how, like, you know, this can apply to everyone. Like, you don't have to be A-spec. You don't have to be disabled to become aware of these things. Um, and obviously, being aware of them is not going to solve the problem. <laughs> um, that's what advocacy and stuff is for. But, you know, I think it is a really beneficial thing for people of all stripes, whether they're A-spec, whether they're disabled, whether they're not, to be aware of, like, how how it's society's fault that you feel broken or wrong or you know like it's it's not on you it's on the greater social order um and so whether like and we're trying to fix that and maybe you can play a big role in that maybe you're not in a place where you can or want to play a big role in that and that's also fine but like being aware of it is so important
1: that was a lot more succinct than my answer. So can we just pretend that that was, that was said by me all along? And I was like, wow, Liam, what an excellent contribution. That's so concise and easy for us to edit down. Thank you.
0: I'm used to talking out of my ass all the time on this podcast. Like I've True. I can I can make anything into a paragraph. <laughs> Sarah loves um, you must to do it. Show
1: me your ways. That'll become massively in handy when I'm writing articles and stuff to just be like extend it out i mean well that's that's a lie journalism requires you to be very short and succinct which i I know you're probably sitting there going short and succinct liam your last answer was five minutes long but i promise you in the written words written words is a whole different story
0: you got to shave it down you know
2: yeah i'm super curious kind of something i was thinking of as you were talking about just kind of like the shame behind like, I I think the shame that can come with being a-spec and being disabled, too. Was that something that, like, crossed your mind when you started to realize that you were asexual? Did it ever cross your mind, like, I already have so many barriers against me because I'm disabled, and now I'm adding a queer identity on top of that. Like, what am I doing?
1: That's a really good question. Um, oh, gosh. Um... I don't think it was, I don't think it was for me. So like I always, and like, I'm like very positive about labels. I understand labels aren't really things for everyone. And if they aren't for you, that's valid. That's fine. Um, and so I think for me, it was more like just kind of getting that understanding. It wasn't that I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm getting this new label. And with that will come barriers. I mean, that's. I think that's something that, at least in my in my mind, is something where I'm just kind of accepting that subconsciously and automatically. That is something that you just have to deal with as you take on new labels. But I think for me, it's just that it's just that um, it's just that un- understanding and community that that can bring. Because I found that whenever I have taken on board a new identity it's finding that community straight away that has often helped with the barriers and also helped with that confidence to say uh, with the, with the deaf and wider disabled community um, that happened with me massively. Like, like I said, I was self-conscious about my hearing aids and how they looked, but it was only after going to like deaf clubs and engaging with the disabled community online that I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm deaf and disabled and I'm proud of that. I don't need to shy away from it. And it was the same with the asexual community, which I'm, hopefully just kind of getting more involved in. Um, and it was, you know, it's it's, it's like, for example, um, more recently, I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. And I think there was, there was this kind of sense that, um, like some people have said to me, oh, Liam, do you really need to get labels for everything? It kind of puts you in a box. Uh, why can't you just be Liam? And I mean, okay, but for me, those things are what make up Liam, I don't like the idea of just going, uh, you know, it's, it's it's that whole idea of, um, you know, disabled person, not person with disability, because you're kind of, you're you're, with that, you're then kind of separating those two parts of an identity. It's like saying a person with asexuality. It's like, no, that's (laughs) those, those two things are intrinsically linked. I am a person, but I am asexual. They come together. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's when, when that, when that happened and the doctor said yeah you've 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 got obsessed uh if you've, you've you've uh we're going to give you this medicine and stuff like that i really kind of just hammered in and said uh, i was going to bang the table there but i realized that would have been very terrible for the sound but i was like damn it i i want this i want this label and this identity so that i can say i'm a part of that community you know there's um mm-hmm. i'm at the moment considering uh getting a diagnosis for for autism and um, rather unhelpfully the uh the doctor said oh you've traits of it like you've got bits of it and I'm like that, that doesn't help like if someone said oh Liam you might be a bit asexual I was like well, well what does that mean because like if someone says hey we've got this amazing opportunity we want to speak to asexual deaf people like you might have put a call out and I would have been like that's amazing I would love to be a part of this podcast but because because someone in the past said oh Liam you might be just, just Bit just a tad, just a very tiny amount. Asexual. Like, I, that doesn't put me in a position to say I'm 100 percent yes or not or like completely no. Um, and so for me, I've always been someone that's like a big fan of the definitive answer. Give me the label, give me that yes, you've got it, so that I can confidently say that I can talk about it. There was like this, there was that moment, I suppose, in the early days when I when I said I was unsure if I was demisexual or asexual, and I was still learning about all these things that I was trying to go into activism but i was like oh god i think right now it's my time to just shut up and just um really kind of listen to other people before i even begin to say hey so this is what asexuality is about because you know i think i think that's probably something that most baby aces uh using quote fingers um kind of experience and i think now it's only now that i feel comfortable being a bit more vocal about that And more specifically, in relation to asexuality and disability, because they're kind of like the two big parts of me that I've now, you know, I've came out in 2019. It's been a good two or three years now that I've come quite accustomed to those two identities now that I can talk about them. Um, OCD, for example, is something that I'm still very new to, so I can't talk about it as much. I do a little bit, but not as much.
2: It's very different than the route we took. I We started the podcast and, like, on the podcast, I was like, I guess I'm demisexual and I'll just keep talking about it like I know what I'm doing. And everyone was like,
0: Kayla. Make it till you make it. But now yeah but now we're finally
2: at the point where we're like yeah i feel comfortable talking about this because we've just done it enough the interesting thing is though i'm not mad that i did that because it is interesting to listen through the episodes and hear someone come out and like realize that they're ace in a very self-serving way i think it's interesting but anyway
0: kayla's interesting i study her study me when you think about like your OCD in comparison to your being deaf like do you consider OCD a disability is it in another box for you like how do you think of that
1: that is another good question <laughs> I, I, I mean that in like a really like praising way by the way not in a patronizing way I'm sitting there like Liam of course it's a good question we're podcasters <laughs> we're meant to ask a question <laughs> like, I really don't want that to be seen as patronising, um, but, um, but like no, because it is a good one, because I've, I, I've thought about this for a while now, you know, you get those forms when you apply for things online, and they're like, do you have a disability? And you're like, well, yes, I'm, 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 I'm deaf, dyspraxic, and then I, I, there's a moment where I'm just like, is, is OCD a disability? Do I consider it such? And in the UK, we have uh, the, the, what's known as the Equality Act, which is, um, it's kind of like our um, DDA, like, uh, oh no, ADA, is it? American D- Disabilities Act? Yeah. Um, it's, kind yeah. Of, it's kind of similar to that. Um, and the way that they define disability in that is um, like a, a condition or something that has like a significant impact on your day-to-day activities. And if I think about it like that, then then yes, you know it is it is a disability. You know, every day there's probably a moment where an intrusive thought comes into my head and catches me off guard a little bit. And so that's 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 an interesting one because I don't think I've ever actually like publicly given an answer that's like yes or no. Um, mm-hmm. But I I I think weirdly, and I don't know whether that's like an internalized ableism thing or just because of the way that it is. Um, you know, just the way that I, I'm thinking right now, is that I, I would always kind of see dyspraxia and deafness as disabilities, but, but um, my OCD as being a mental health condition, which... Mm-hmm. I, which is tricky because I, I think some people do consider mental health conditions to be part of the wider disability community. That's fine. That's valid. And I would agree. I think just for me, um, personally, uh, I'm not denying if any other people with OCD uh, want to identify as disabled. I think right, yeah, right now um, I'm still really indecisive. I'm sorry. I, I, I was like, I really want to give you like a definitive answer. So you can say, Oh my God, he says in this podcast, that he's like a hundred percent. Like, you know, OCD is a disability, but I, I, you know, I'm still figuring that out and that's valid and it's going to probably take a bit of time.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's good to hear you, like, kind of struggling with that, like, not knowing what to do. Because, like, for me, like, as someone who has a handful of mental health issues and also ADHD, does that count? Like, what what is ADHD? It's like its own separate box. And it's like, I... I'm of course I'm not in any place to be like oh yes like I'm a member of the disabled community like I don't I don't feel comfortable saying that but like sometimes they are talked about together and like I just I don't know how to proceed and so I think it's it's reassuring to hear that I am not the
2: only one who's like are they what hello I've had that, too, when you, like, go to a new job and you have to, like, fill out those forms, and I always read the one about disability, and it says, like you said, like, something that impacts your day-to-day life, and I'm like, anxiety absolutely impacts my day-to-day life, but I'm not disabled, and I wouldn't say on this form that I'm disabled. So, like, what is the truth? Yeah,
1: it's it's, is it's, the truth? it's really hard when, like, people set, um, set kind of labels about, what an identity is or isn't like, obviously we see that in like LGBTQ plus community in terms of different, different identities. And also I think with disabled identities. And I think, I think we always, we have to just remember as always that it is just how you feel as a person and how you want to identify. It always comes down to that. And that's, that's always going to be important. Um, You know, I, you know, I think, you know, we have to remember as well that, um, not everyone has the privilege of diagnoses or diagnose or a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And so some people self-diagnose and those people are just as valid. Uh, you know, not everyone has access to, to, uh, to healthcare, which enables them to get the diagnosis that they need or want to fully understand themselves. Mm-hmm. And so to say that it's only those that fit a certain definition or fit a certain mindset or perception of, uh, of a condition sexuality whatever is just incredibly you know Mm. gatekeepy and oppressive you know we need to we need to understand the wide range of of, uh people that fit under a certain umbrella and i always i always find it amusing when people choose the term umbrella because and fitting under an umbrella because now i'm just imagining so many people just trying to fit under this one umbrella
0: squeezing in (laughs)
1: that's that's where my mind goes at uh seven o'clock uk time on a thursday after uh, thursday evening yeah
0: good well the now single. i'm just thinking about those umbrella
2: hats like the oh my god
0: yes in.
1: and they're rainbow colored they're <laughs> usually rainbow colored as well like yeah that's what they've been referring to this whole time
2: where is like the ace colored umbrella hat because that would do you know how well that would sell because everyone's always like ace umbrella ace umbrella and where is it and where is the ace umbrella
1: Oh my God! I want it! I want someone it! Someone get
2: on! Someone oh. does someone work in manufacturing that's listening and can build me this hat? <laughs> Please let me hey. know. Hey, hey, capitalists!
0: It'll sell. Make it.
2: <laughs> that's <what> I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, Pride is coming up, and we know people love to profit off Pride. Make that a yeah. hat.
1: Get that sweet, sweet <laughs> rainbow capitalism in, folks.
0: Mm -hmm. bring it in (laughs) i'm just saying places places where it maybe rains more often london seattle i mean those could be really great places
1: (laughs) i I mean i'm not even upset at that stereotype (laughs) i'm not even upset at that stereotype i was going to be like uh, excuse me london rains no it does it does all the time i'm not based (laughs) in london i'm based in like an area that's just like a little further up um and but mm-hmm. we we get it it's miserable outside right now that it's gray it's yeah. dull like you you are not making a sweeping statement there you are making <laughs> yeah.
0: accurate statement. well i i live in la and so it never fucking rains here and i'm like god please rain one time like i would i would love for there to be weather like just anything a cloud maybe that would be nice just to feel Ooh. something um, yeah, it it finally started getting hot again here, um like how it normally is. And everyone who's like from here is like, "Oh, thank God." And I'm like, "No, it's too it's too hot. I'm dying."
1: I, I and I always you know? I actually prefer rain. It's weird. Like I burn in the heat. Mm-hmm. So don't do it. Just give me give me cold weather. Give me rain tapping against a window as I'm sitting on the sofa with mm-hmm. several rugs upon my chest with a book in yeah. hand. Yes exactly. Fire going in the corner. TV on if I want it. Yep. Just bliss. Bliss. It sounds like ideal. Yeah. That
2: does sound ideal.
1: Sounds ideal. That's that's a sign that's a sign of being like a, a true Brit that you just have a discuss- you have a podcast about <laughs> sexuality and I just straight away bring it back to the river. Like that's just that's quintessential Brits.
0: <laughs> yeah. But for me as someone who lives in LA but who's not from LA like I'm always just like the weather here sucks. Yeah. <laughs> And everyone's like, "You're crazy," and I'm like, "The weather here sucks."
2: <laughs> okay, bringing it back around town. Is there anything that? Well, obviously there are a lot of things, but what do you think that the asexual community can do and should be doing to be more accessible? I feel like you kind of yes. already answered this earlier, but
1: no, no, no. This is this is this is good because I can put in like a few very short st- strap lines. <laughs> um, one. Caption your content. There is so many tools out there that help with that sort of thing. Like, if you if you have the facilities to do it, like if you have DaVinci Resolve, which is a free video editing software, you can add subtitles to your content. You can also use uh, apps and software like Android phones have mixed captions and AutoCAP as apps that you can use where you just record yourself and it will do automatic captions. Should stress, automatic captions are not as good as manual captions, but a lot of them allow you to go in and edit them and therefore make them manual captions. Um, Automatic captions are the ones where they rely on speech recognition, which doesn't sometimes work when you've got accents, um, which isn't great. Um, so that's Android, iPhone. I think you have Clips, and you also have Clipomatic as another one. But then also, all of these other social media platforms are starting to bring out caption tools. Um, TikTok recently brought out automatic captions, um, and I know the LGBTQ plus community love TikTok. Please use that. Um, and then also, we um, just got
2: it on our TikTok recently. Very exciting.
1: There you go. And in, and on on Instagram, on Instagram, they're like teasing a, um, a captions tool coming there. Um, and it's just it's just about really just making your content accessible in every way possible. So that's one way you do it. And also, if you're going to share images anywhere, um, add image descriptions to them, make them accessible to blind and visually impaired people. Um, on Instagram, it's advised that you uh, not only use that alt text feature but you actually put it in the in the caption of a, of a post and um and on twitter there is also an option you can add alt text and you put it in there as as well um and also if you're on youtube and you make youtube videos great i do the same but you've got to put um you've got to put subtitles in there they're making it a lot easier now for you to do that and also um most youtube videos come with an automatic caption track straight away you just need to go in Edit that. Make sure it reads okay. Add punctuation and grammar, and then publish it. It's easy. People think that accessibility is burdensome or like really extensive and just time-consuming, but at the end of the day, it's you, people just don't realise that captioning your content increases the reach of your content, which is what every creator and every person that is making content online wants. Um, I always use the uh, the kind of tagline, um, accessibility benefits, everyone. Because to give you an example, videos online, uh, Facebook videos, 85% of them are viewed without sound, according to like a, a reported statistic. That's um, how I
0: watch I do it, yes. that all the time. Yeah. yeah. like if, if something comes up on like my Instagram explore page and it's like, oh, this looks interesting or it's like a TikTok or something. And because I don't have TikTok because I know I will get sucked into the void. Um, but like if it comes up and like it doesn't have captions, I'm like, okay, I'm not fucking watching it. Like I can't turn <laughs> no. on my noise. There's no captions.
1: I'm not watching it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what people say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I also feel like so many people are like, oh, like it's it's time consuming to do this, or it's 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 hard, or as you said, like it's burdensome. You know what's burdensome? Not being able to access content because people won't take the extra step to put alt text on their photos or to you know have subtitles like i like like for me like specifically with alt text on on photos like on twitter it wasn't something i was super aware of or like thought about a lot until like i mean at least one of our listeners but one that we like interact with pretty often um Like is like blind and has a a visual impairment, and
2: so like I was like, oh well, I gotta I gotta do it for him. Like I always think of him every time I alt text something. I'm like, I'm doing this for him (laughs) specifically (laughs) because I love him.
1: But that's the thing: if you have like a large audience, there is no way of telling if someone that is following you needs that accessible tool. And I think if you. Think about if you go into making content thinking oh well none of these people from this community um, follows you and and absorbs that content or consumes that content that's an incredibly naive point of view like um, I think um, I think the statistic in um, the UK gosh actually I can't cite it because I can't think of it for the life of me Um, but you know there, there is a very large percentage of people here in the UK and I'm sure it's the same in the US that that are disabled and so if you were to look at your like I don't know a thousand or maybe even two thousand or three thousand Twitter followers or however many followers you have on a social media platform, it's highly likely that at least one, two or three people or however many are disabled and need those access provisions. And you might just think, oh, that's just one person they can get by. No, 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 no. That is, that is one person that cannot access your content if you're not making it accessible. And if you, the moment you say that that person is not valued enough to access your content, uh, in a way that is accessible, then, then you're creating a divide and you're only catering to, um, to a certain subsection of your of your following and that is ableist and discriminatory and they're not really badges of honor that you want slapped upon your your person
0: (laughs) yeah and like for me like it's become a habit to like do this kind of stuff and like when we post like sound bites on our instagram like i always make sure that like we have the text in the caption because we don't have the it's we we should figure out how to do the actual like i was just thinking
2: there's a different app that the headliner that headliner visual yes headliner visual. that's what i mm-hmm. i've used headliner yeah. for other podcast things but some for some reason never are so definitely gonna get back into that
0: shaking my head at you no but like it's it's become a like a habit to do like alt text and stuff like i run the social media for my work and it's like it's so easy to just you know put in a little bit of information it's like to make it more accessible to have you know subtitles and it's like it's it's not as hard as you as as people make it seem it's really not
2: Not to pat ourselves on the back though either sarah and i have true. a long way to go to be like fully That's accessible true. but it is also true that like it's not hard
1: <laughs> accessibility is, is, is also a process like it's you know, I'm not going to stand here or stand here. I'm actually sitting, but I'm not going to (laughs) sit here and be like, uh, you know, I am a perfect accessibility. I will get it wrong. I mean, my alt text could probably be better. My, you know, my content could be probably be a bit more accessible and I should probably do this thing better and do that better. Um, And I think what you have to realize is that it's not like you've done, you've done a you've done, access and that's it like job done you've done octets you've done captions there will always be things that you can do to make it bigger and better and that's fine that's valid and anyone myself included i would hope would welcome the opportunity to be bigger and to do better things in regards to access and make it as best as you possibly can be and similarly to that and i feel like it's something i really wanted to say at some point is that if someone says to you that your content isn't accessible or that you need to make it better, that is not a personal attack. That is not the person coming at you and it's attacking you personally. That is often for the m- most part, people saying from an area like, you know, they probably enjoy your work. I've reached out to activists before and said, Hey, this content isn't captioned or isn't accessible please make it accessible and that always for me comes from a, sp- a mindset of hey i love your work i want more people to enjoy it like that's that's what that's what kind of hurts a little bit sometimes is when people see that as an attack when it's like well no it's not it's i want to share your work it's a i will only share your work if it's accessible i'm not doing it if it's not going to be read by if it can't be read by the people that follow me i genuinely want to share it and you're just not helping yourself and uh, yeah. i think it's 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 I think it's just the way in which these platforms work, especially Twitter, which is becoming more adversarial by the day. Where, uh, you know, if if someone gets told to make their content more accessible, they see that as a personal attack when it really isn't. It's it's often from a good mm-hmm. place and from a uh, from a kind of very, you know, uh, helpful uh, mindset and approach.
0: I also think it's incumbent upon. You know, when it comes to deaf and hard of hearing people, like, it's it's incumbent upon hearing people to be the ones holding each other accountable. Like, we can't put all of the burden on, you know, the people who are already experiencing, like, this discrimination because they can't access this stuff. Like, you know, for people who aren't disabled or don't have a specific disability, when you're talking about, you know, a more specific um thing like you know it's it's important for us to hold each other accountable and like you know should we have been doing alt text on our images before we knew that one of our listeners was blind yes but you know what now that we do it's important that we make sure other people do too and you know that's that's on us that's not on the disabled people or you know the deaf people or whatever group we're talking about here
1: Yes, and I think there's there's also, um, and I think that that's also a a point that's also worth stressing as well. That it's about it's it's about holding each other accountable, absolutely. Um, But I think also we have to be careful um, that it's it is there is that accountability, but also that you're not speaking on behalf of disabled people. Like there's there's people out there that Mm -hmm. are like um, that are advocating as hearing people, as people that are not part of the deaf community, like teaching sign language and teaching deaf awareness and teaching stuff like that. And it's like, that is not your place, you know, by all means, work with us, like if you see someone that's not making accessible mm-hmm. content, like you said, that's when you know we need you to be there as well with us because yeah. often, you know, we're, 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 a, we're a marginalized community. We haven't necessarily got the privilege or the following that someone who is hearing might have when they say, hey, mm-hmm. caption your content. So that's important. I just think that there's also in addition to that, if there is content that's being put out there by deaf activists and deaf campaigners that is kind of drawing attention to an issue, Use that and direct them to it. Don't appropriate it, don't speak over them. Just uplift and challenge and those those things have to happen in a way which centers the deaf person or community in those conversations, not yourself because some people do they sense yeah. themselves and they use it as an opportunity for clout social media followers personal benefit and then
0: that's
1: yeah exactly that's just not that's just not that's just not allyship did you say book
0: I said some people are just like they they're like actually I'm gonna talk about this thing because I have a book to sell and I'm gonna
1: just do this
0: yeah if
2: we start doing that everyone yell at us when our book comes out one day if we try to do anything like that please cancel me
0: yeah no I, I think that that is an excellent point that you know people who are not disabled who are not deaf who are you know trying to boost these things it is our job to boost them to to help you know help build the soapbox not get on the soapbox and make it all about us that is a- what a good analogy
1: yeah i was going to say that like, that is that is so-
2: <laughs> that's wonderful
1: really i love that
2: i want to cross stitch that for at, at first my brain was like
0: my brain was like, be the soapbox. And then I was like, but then you would have people standing on top of people. And that seems
2: Fine. not beautiful, quite right. That also works. Wow. I yeah. cross that into a pillow or something. That was beautiful.
0: You're welcome. I'm a genius. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess one last question. And you may not have an answer to this. And that is okay. But if you do, I would love to hear it. What? Can the community do not just to be more accessible once people are in the community. I'm sorry. When I say community, I'm talking about the ASPEC community. What can the ASPEC community do to be more welcoming, welcoming from the outset to deaf and hard of hearing people or disabled people more broadly? If you feel you can speak to that, like what can the community do to be inviting those people in um, so that they can, you know, not just being like, oh, now that you're here, we'll do this for you. But like, we want to invite you in. Does that make sense?
1: It does. It does. And uh, I think, um, I think in terms of that kind of, it's, it's, it's about creating that welcoming atmosphere, which I think you kind of touched upon in that question, which is really important. And I think it's the, the way that I feel the most welcomed um, in terms of like disability, um, disability inclusion. Is around that understanding of what my needs are. That isn't necessarily to say that you need to know, like, every single possible accessibility feature, because in an ind- on an individual level, those are all very different. I think what what I'm talking about is when, um, if you want to reach out to these people, the first kind of conversation should always be one about accessibility. And that should be something that happens from the start so if um, the asexual community wants to kind of establish links with disabled aces, which I really hope they do um, if they aren't already um, it's a, it's about kind of at the very start of facilitating those conversations considering and asking individuals what their um, what their accessibility needs are because um, the moment that you do that you create that welcoming atmosphere because you know that you're aware of that fact and it, it you, you kind of you kind of, it kind of creates a safe space I think if I want to use that analogy um, or that kind of phrase because you it, it shows that that is a immediate that is an immediate consideration, not something that you're doing later which we talked about kind of earlier on in this podcast um, which I think is yeah so I just think that's essential. I feel like once you've done that, Whatever it is that you're wanting to work on together, or whatever discussions that you're wanting to have, um, they're, they're kind of brought about a lot easier than doing it later. Because if you want to kind of, if you want to make that process as streamlined and as efficient as possible, you you would have that discussion as soon as possible so that halfway through a podcast or halfway through, um, you know, a a general conversation or whatever, we're not sitting here going, oh, uh, by the way, Liam, uh, do you need accessibility or stuff like that? You know, like I felt comfortable Mm -hmm. and felt willing to have a conversation today, not only because I admire what you you guys do, but also because, um, also because you straight off the bat, um, you know, I got messages saying, how can this, um, How can this podcast be accessible to you? Is that anything that we can do? And it's that sort of, it's that sort of awareness, and also, you know, I think we talked about awareness, but also that kind of ability and willingness to put things into action and actually, you know, kind of act upon that. That is incredibly, like, you know, reassuring and powerful to see. Not just going, "Hey, you might need this," but "Hey, we know that you might need this, and we're going to do this as a result." Because I think that's I think that's that's one of the other issues that we can have is that it's not just about and this kind of extends to asexuality activism and just activism in general, that it's an, it's one thing like mobilizing people to be aware of an identity, it's also encouraging them to take action in support of people that have a certain identity. You know, like this, you know, this this podcast is is probably as much as it is for, for the community, it's also offering I hope some uh some kind of tips and stuff for those outside of the community about how they can you know the the actions that they can take not just going oh I know that ace disabled people exist now thanks for listening to Liam rabbiting on for an hour it's no okay I know that off the back of this I need to go away and make my content accessible you know it's that sort of practicality to the awareness and uh understanding of a community not just that
2: yeah I think I saw someone like tweet or something recently that like I think in every major, like, social issue going on, and really everything, like, we are far beyond the, like, awareness-raising part of the process, like... It always feels like step one. Yeah, awareness has been raised about a lot of things, like racism, accessibility, the awareness has been raised. Now it's time to move on to, like, step two and three.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Excellent. I guess... I feel
0: like we've hit on a lot of things, but before we go, is there anything that you want to say that you feel you haven't yet? The answer can be no. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the answer can be no, and it probably is no. Um, I think, okay. uh, uh, apart from like, if when you do captions, don't put jokes in them. People are starting to do that again. Don't do it. It's not, it, it's an accessibility tool. Our access is not your punchline. And that's, that's that.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Now I'm just thinking about that and being sad. Um. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Kayla, what is our poll for this week?
2: Ooh. I
0: have a secondary poll well, already, which isn't is really a,
2: pr- a. What I need is a primary poll first.
0: I know, uh, but I do have a secondary poll where, like, I would just like to invite our listeners. Um, if there is any accessibility stuff that you feel we could be doing better. Um, and you want to bring that to our attention uh please do uh because you know we're we're not perfect, but we're trying, and so we would we would like to do the best we can on that front um we do need a primary poll though
2: is there anything you want to uh ask the people Liam, that you want to to pull the people on on twitter
1: ooh, um. When you say polls, does it have to be like a typical yes, like yes or no answer, or like a two option poll?
2: No, sometimes we do that, and then a lot of times we do like open ended. Just like here's a question, please answer it.
1: What could you do? And I, and you. you being being listeners, the lovely the
2: proverbial
1: the sound fake but okay podcast. What can you do after listening to this to make your content more accessible?
2: Hell yeah. I love that. That's very good. Excellent. I love when we make our guests do the work for us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Primary poll, what can you do? Secondary poll, what can we do? Oh, I love that.
1: I love <laughs> is that. Really,
2: it's really what it
0: is.
1: Love that. Love
0: that. Excellent. I wrote okay. it down. Um. Great. Uh, Kayla, what is your beef and your juice for this
2: week? <sighs> well, my current beef is that I'm sweating. Um. Also, That's my- you beef every fucking episode.
0: Yeah, because Why I live in the so South
2: much? now, and it's bad. Um, my beef is that because I'm in the South and it's getting warm, we're having a fruit fly issue, and there are just a lot of fruit flies in my home. But I've set up a couple traps, and the amount of bugs that are in those tra- it's disgusting. So that's my beef, is it's just gross. Um, my juice, I've been playing a game of Virtual Survivor, uh... A friend of mine from high school is running a game of Survivor just like over Zoom. And it's like, I can't remember how it's going to be end up being like 50 days long or something. Like every week we have challenges. And I made the people of our Discord help me with a challenge a couple days ago because I needed people to vote in an Instagram poll. And um, we did it, guys. Your votes did work. Um, but it's just been fun. I'm like interacting with people I've never met. And it gives me something to do and as of recording this i have not been voted out yet but i do we do have a tribal tonight so it could happen i'll keep yeah, you all updated every meeting i have at work right. i give them a mandatory survivor update so maybe i'll just start okay. doing that here and be great
0: um my beef is that uh buying from ethical and sustainable brands is expensive um, i i i know that that's that's just how it works but i'm just we we get so used to amazon god damn jeff bezos my other beef is that america is so fucking selfish uh my juice is that there's a new bo burnham special coming <gasps> out i so and excited my other juice is that a year ago today as of the day this episode is being released was um our six feet of space live stream um and it. I'm just glad that we did it, and we have been able to do some wonderful things because of it. So, hell yeah. Um,
2: Liam, what is your beef and your juice this week?
1: Ooh, wow. Um, Can
2: be anything, big or small.
1: Right. Okay. Uh, so my my beef, I think, is um, ooh. It's 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 I I feel like it's 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 beef and tea, which I feel like is a terrible combination. Like that's just, <laughs> that just sounds grim. That just sounds disgusting. Um, but like I, it, I feel though. like it's, it's 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 people that don't like being held accountable. That's that's that's. But like because like the other like to give you a bit more of a context. In uh, we are having like a lot of people here in the UK right now very much kind of opposed to the idea of vaccinations which is just ridiculous Mm. um and my personal favorite which happened just recently is someone that went out of their way an anti-vaxxer anti-lockdown sort of person um went out of their way to watch my tedx talk on deafness find the part where i talk about people wanting to surround themselves with other people and like get together as a community and use that as an argument for getting rid of social distancing. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. That was made in (laughs) 2017 when the world hadn't gone to absolute horse crap. Like that's just, it just, it just made me laugh more than anything because like what level do you have to go to go and find a TED talk for me? Well, I don't look as attractive as I do now, and I still don't look really attractive <laughs> now.
2: That's the real crime, is that they brought, they took an old thing and yeah, it's <laughs> instead like, of a new thing. I, that is a crime.
1: I, I was a terrible public speaker back then, and you're going to use that in an argument against <laughs> me? It's not, you haven't won dedication. anything. Other, <laughs> you haven't won anything <laughs> other than just make me feel embarrassed that you brought that back up into my life.
2: There's a lot um, of dedication from that person, for sure. That's a long way to go. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. and my, 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 my juice, um, what I'm thankful or grateful for right now. Um, I am very grateful for having a lot of things in my life that are keeping me going right now, because I know that that's not, not everyone has that privilege with what's going on in the world. And also sherbet lemons. Like I've got a very big supply of sherbet lemons right now, and I'm sorry, but they are just—they—they're they, just really comforting right now. Whereby, like, I'm Wait, busy, I'm working. Do
2: I know what that is?
1: Sorry, is that
0: a thing? I don't like know that we have those. I don't know that we have those. Kayla wants to
2: know what they are. Oh, right. what is it? Tell me everything.
1: I think they—they they flip it in the US, do they? They call it lemon sherbets or something like that. It's—it's it's like um. Dib dabs, how much? I... this is, this is fun Describing <laughs> sherbet lemons to Americans Um, okay What's it like, Is it called sherbet like, lovers?
2: They're like, they're like
1: boiled Lemon. They're, like, they're like boiled sweets They're like, when you Like, when you kind of Go into them, they've got like this very Like, yeah, thing. Okay. like Kyra Has just like brought up a picture on Google What happens when you type in sherbet lemons Um, is
0: this, is in Harry Kennedy? Potter They were called Lemon drops in the US version. Ah,
1: so okay, maybe lemon drops then. But they're kind of like they're kind of like these boiled sweets that, like inside, have got like this powder that's sorbet. And when you when you uh, when you eat them, it's like very sour sweet. But it's, uh, it's, it's really weird because it's like sweet and sour. I don't know. It's very weird. Sweets are weird, but I enjoy them and I'm thankful for them. That's my juice. <laughs> Delightful.
0: That's very Delightful. Good. And thank you for this education. <laughs> yes, I love this. <laughs> we love this.
1: Not just educating on asexuality and disability, but sherbet lemons.
0: No. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. The necessities. Oh, okay, wonderful. Um, we also have a Patreon. Uh, Sarah from the future will tell you about that. Hello, it's Sarah from the future uh, to read the patrons. Kayla's also here, but she unplugged her mic, so you won't hear her, but just know that she's here in spirit. Um, yes, she just, she just yelled, but you can't hear her. Um, as we mentioned, we're doing our patrons a little bit differently now. Uh, we're just testing it out. We might make some more changes. Who knows? Um, but, for our $5 patrons, we have two new $5 patrons. It's Melissa Kaufman and Brian Rusnak. Thank you. You're very nice. Kaylin just dropped her phone and we're on Zoom and I just watched her fall to the ground. Um, thank you, Melissa and Byron. Um, and then, uh, as our patrons know, we're going to be doing five $5 patrons a week. We're just going to do them from top to bottom, I think five for five i'm just repeating everything kayla says uh, <laughs> um so because kayla said that she's stupid and she actually did say that i'm not putting words in her mouth so the five dollar patrons we're highlighting this week are jennifer smart Estreth of street of perry pharaoh d and quinn pollock and we'll get you some more next week our ten dollar patrons are arkness who'd like to promote trevor project benjamin abara who'd like to meet ping d and d Aaron who'd like to promote oh uh, no Anonymous. I read that as Aaron. Anonymous, who would like to promote Halloween. Sarah McCoy, who would like to promote podcasts from Planet Weird. My Aunt Jeannie, who would like to promote Christopher's Haven. cast, who would like to promote the best of luck on the journey of self identification. Doug Grace who would like to promote Church 2 by Emily Joy, H. Valdez. Purple Chickadee, who would like to promote using they as a generational singular pronoun. Verified Biowacker, who would like to promote Reclaim the Night. The Steve, who would like to promote cosia R.E.K., who would like to promote Thoughtsign. Maddie, who would like to promote the Union series. Derek and Cursa, who would like to promote the overthrow of heteronormativity. Aaron, who would like to promote free forehead kisses. Kadir, who would like to promote cats named Yoki who was I believe sleeping for most of this podcast um potato who would like to promote potatoes changing on max who would like to promote change starship changeling.net sarah kujawa who'd like to promote a dog's instagram at aviat husky david J who'd like to promote a merchant strategy by adrian marie brown the stubby tech who would like to promote checking patreon to make sure you're actually supporting the podcast you think you are kayla is giving me a beautiful view of sleeping gnocchi what a good girl um and Simona Simon, who bumped up, who would like to promote QYS Magazine, which is a Slovak magazine for crew people. That's fucking lit. Our $15 patrons, Slavic. Slavic? Kayla says she thought it was Slavic. Slavic is S-L-A-V-I-C. This is Slovak as in Slovakia. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Kayla just said she's stupid and i'm not putting words in her mouth um our $15 pages are nathaniel white nathaniel dewittnesnet.com and mom julie who would like to promote free momhawks sarah zone Chizot, eternal lolly everywhere andrea who's who, and <laughs> andy a who would like to promote being in unions the iww martin Giselle who'd like to promote his podcast everyone special to know one it's layla who'd like to promote love is love also applying to arrow people shrubbery who'd like to promote the planet earth the who'd like to promote twitch.tv slash melody dia j brown maggie Pablo who'd like to promote the lewis university writing center writing center l u at writing center lu andrew hillam who would like to promote their loved ones getting vaccinations and dragonfly who would like to promote this still is taking a long time we might we might make another change i don't know patrons will hear from us and our 20 dollar patron sarah t who would like to promote long walks outside thanks for joining um back back to your regularly scheduled programming bye before we finish up liam where can the people of the internet find you
1: Where can the people of the internet find me? I am at Liam O'Dell UK. That's L-I-A-M. O'Dell, O-D-E-L-L-U-K. On Twitter, Instagram. uh, I was going to say YouTube, but that's just Liam O'Dell, I think. Um, You can find me on all those social media platforms there. Also have a website, LiamO'Dell.com. Drop me a message if you want to have a chat about things. Um, And yeah, those are kind of like the main areas that people can find me if they would like to say hello. I'm very open. I like having chats. My DMs are open and all that sort of stuff. So just drop in and say hello. And yeah, it'd be nice to meet some more people. Uh, I, like I said, I'm still kind of like a baby ace, I feel. So it'd be great to have a few more ace faces. Faces.
2: Yes, yeah.
1: I mean, that just came to me. I was like, faces? Like a portmanteau? That works. Um, but yeah, no, it'd be great to see some more faces. That's where you
0: can find me. Everyone
2: go follow Liam and say hello. Yeah, everyone Do go it. follow Liam.
0: Do it. Everyone go find Liam. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Liam, for joining us. And tune in next and for more of us in your ears. Or your eyes if you're reading this as a transcript.
2: And until then, take good care of your cows.